As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. BTE builds products that you can depend on, whether it's a complete power glide transmission, a torque converter for your specific combination, or any related component or bolt-on item. The professionals at BTE and Memphis Performance have what you need to succeed. Shop online at bteracing.com. Hey, it's Luke. Button in on Jed's show here with a simple question. Would you like to be more successful on the racetrack? I know who's not going to answer yes to that, right? The truth is, you don't need a complete reboot. You don't need a 180 degree change in direction to get to the level that you deserve on the racetrack. But you could use a slight, maybe two degree course correction. And in a game that is consistently decided by thousandths of a second or less, that slight course correction can make all the difference. And that is exactly what This Is Bracket Racing Elite provides. I want you to take a second. If you're not driving, close your eyes. I don't want you to be unsafe. Imagine the best version of yourself inching into the stage beams next round. Feel the confidence. Feel the control. The presence in having a complete understanding of our game and of your own abilities within it. It's that understanding that will allow you to execute to the best of your ability. In this day and age, our game is high stakes and you're all in. You're all in financially, emotionally, mentally, physically. You deserve to reap the rewards. Invest in yourself and allow This Is Bracket Racing Elite to help you become the best version of yourself on the racetrack. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is open now. We only do this a couple of times a year, and it is very brief. Enrollment will close on Friday the 13th. Enroll now at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. It's all that we know. It's the way you lie. Give all that we got.
Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in sportsman drag racing and the stars within it. It's time for the big interview on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. All right, guys. It is a pleasure and an honor to have a guy with us tonight that his popularity blew through the roof this year with a couple of the live feeds that he was on with uh, some great performances and we're really excited to have this guy on the phone with us tonight the one and only chet dragon has joined us tonight chet how are you tonight sir oh doing pretty good and i'm glad to be here with you tonight well good we're glad you're glad so chet first thing first i guess tell us where you are in the world tonight where's home for chet dragon Huntington Mills, Pennsylvania. It's a small little uh, town in the boonies in northeast PA. <laughs> okay, northeast PA. So you're on up there a little way. Yep. What's the weather like tonight? Raining, cold, mm. getting cold. Dropped 10 degrees in the last 90 minutes. <laughs> Sound like Birmingham. So, Chet, I got to know right off the bat... I've announced at a lot of races. I've called a lot of names that I didn't really understand or know, or sometimes I get them right, sometimes I get them wrong. Dragon was fairly easy to say and figure out, but what origin is the last name Dragon? Um, well, it comes from the Polish side of my grandfather. He was from Poland. Okay, so you're a Polish dragon, all right? They I like have, that. They might have... Shortened it up or something, but over the years, you don't see it too often around that name. Yeah, that's first time for me, and immediately the first time I called it out, I, I was just fascinated with it and, and couldn't say it enough. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but I guess the main thing we want to get started with here is your story. I know that people got a little bit familiar with you throughout the, the 2019 season, but Tell us your story. How did you get involved in racing, Chet? Kind of like the, the who, when, and where. Who got you involved? When was it? And where did that start happen? Oh, actually, it probably started back in the mid-'70s, back when we were with some street racing going on. Kind of got involved, and then uh, a friend happened to wanted to know if I wanted to go to a racetrack, and it, which I didn't know nothing about it back then. So I ended up going to uh, New Media back then, and uh, which really is only about 45 minutes to an hour away from where I lived, and I never even knew it existed. And uh, from that point, then I started going down. I, I had a Chevelle that I raced for years, and then finally I, uh, I took that, that car and decided to sell it. Back then, that was getting back into the 80s then, and, and back then a lot of the alters were doing really well, and I decided that I wanted to build an altered. And uh, there was a couple that were around here that people had built. Uh, Carl Brucher was one for building alters. And uh, I decided to uh, take the task and build it myself. It took me a little while to get it done. We brought it out in 86. And uh, we ran new media 
We ran uh, Maple Grove, Deeper Springs, Island Driveway in Jersey. And then around 1990, I made a couple trips to back then with Dick Moroso's uh, Moroso races that they had, the five days. And we went there. And kind of how this year ended up being was kind of what happened down there. Kind of walked in. Everybody, they were making fun of my car back then. It was the, the car with the target motor and the car with no camshaft. And I know that I think it was like the third race in, we got down and it was probably like 30 cars left. And uh, they're now they're starting to, trying to figure out who's going to win. And I said, well, I'm going to win this race. And ended up getting down. I got the three cars. And I ended up, no buy this time, and I ended up, I broke out. But oh. then on, you know, kind of got known a little bit from that. But then in, uh, you know, 94, I decided to take a break. And, and I was off for 15 years. The big thing was I thought, well, I need a dragster to race. So I stopped that if I was going to do try and get a dragster. And then after being off that long and going to the racetrack, and it's like, Wow, back when I quit, a car, the 840 car was a fast car. Now they're going 740s. <laughs> and I just, the strategy was to just uh, leave it alone. Let them try and get inside my window. And basically, I ran local here. And then this year, I decided to uh, try and go to some of the moneyer races. I, I always liked Peter's races, the Galat races. In uh, the Bristol races, I decided to go. Ended up going down there to, to Bristol, and I didn't race in the Gambler's race. I, I watched, and I, when I went up and started watching these cars run, I really thought, well, my, I think maybe I'm in over my head. And uh, But I said, yeah, I'll give it a shot, see what happens. And uh, it's been a good ride since. Yeah, it, it certainly has, Chet, which is uh, one of the reasons you're here with us tonight. And we'll talk more about your 2019 racing season coming up, but doing a little research on you and, and chatting with some people that know you, they tell me something's very important to you is you're a family man. You're, you, you're family first and that your wife is heavily involved in your racing program. Tell us about her involvement, Chet. Well, we've been together a long time <laughs> and uh, he's been been there since day one and there's not too many races that she has missed debbie's been to almost all and basically it's her and i that get go and uh, this was the first year when i decided to uh travel to some of these other races well she couldn't go and it happened to be the glot race where I had done pretty decent. She wasn't there, but at least in today's day and age, she could at least watch and see what's going on. And when we ended up going to Ohio, when I went out there, I went myself, and, uh, well, we all know what happened there. And, but on the way through the, through the rounds, she would text me, and uh, they had a party set up, my stepson in his garage, and they were all watching it, and they had a big crowd, and uh, that's really the 
they kind of videoed that part of it on the television there and, and the party there, and it was it was pretty cool. Oh, I'm sure it was. And, you know, having her supportive of your racing program has got to mean a lot to you. But i got to ask you, Chet, does, does she do any coaching, or is the missus more of a just go get them next time kind of person? Uh, she tries to coach. <laughs> Well, I don't think she understands it as well as I do on certain things. She's getting better. Uh, you know, before, it was more of a, like, you know, a weekend thing. You go there, and if, if something, you know, if it don't work out, you got next time. Well, now it's a little bit more serious. Uh, you know, you're putting out yeah. more money, to, and you're putting out more money in entry fees, and so you got to work harder. And I'll tell you what, this year, of all the years that I've raced, I've learned a real lot this year. You know, it's well, been a really good learning experience. Yes, sir. And I think uh, you've done some teaching, too, out there, Chet. And, and speaking of, you burst onto the scene in May at the, the Galat Spring Fling. You come down there, you raced really well. You had some super good runs, and you went, you know, a lot of rounds, especially in the in the big race. and. You captured the audience, certainly captured us in the booth. Chet Dragon, just the name itself, tells you this person's got to be pretty special. And then you're out there with your you know, old school equipment and, and all that talent that you displayed. You really just captured everybody's attention and, and had kind of the world, if you will, rooting for you. But we don't see a lot of... Guys like you, Chet, with equipment like you have at those events, what led you to, to enter that and, and decide that you were going to drive down to North Carolina to compete with the best in the sport? I always was a fairly good driver, you know, good on the tree. Sometimes I don't think the car was the best. It was kind of hard to be consistent, and I kind of worked on it a little bit. Last year, at the end of last year, I finally got – some things figured out in it, and it turned out that it, and it's not just a good car. It's a very good car. That car, I, if I had a car, it's basically the same car I had years and years ago with just a couple little minor changes. If I had that car back then, who knows what would have happened. <laughs> <laughs> so you were just confident in your equipment. You knew that you had the ability, and you just said, you know, it doesn't matter what what these other guys have, you know, I'm Chet Dragon, and I got good stuff and, and ability, and I'm going to go down there and show it. Yeah, I'm not intimidated by the, the fast cars, the dragsters. Uh, they don't really intimidate me, but I, like I said, though, when I did get to go out, I was, had a little second thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you performed extremely well there, and, and it was a blast watching you do your thing. And, and compete with those guys. But, you know, I'm sure some people wondered, was this guy just, you know, on a run this weekend? And, and you know, does he have this kind of ability that, that it appeared that he had? And then you go to Ohio to the ACE event at Dragway 42 in June, and you collect the $20,000 win among the same crowd, basically. First question, was that your biggest win in racing? Definitely my biggest win. 
Yeah, I mean that is a that's a big one, twenty grand. But Chet, we got to talk about this winter circle. It was incredible. You're probably not a Facebook guy. No, not judging you by any means, but that that might or might not be your thing. But those of us who have Facebook and watch it, uh, I wasn't there, but I, I saw the videos from my friends list coming out and the anticipation of you winning that the last two or three rounds, then turning into the win, into the winner circle. It was the most incredible winner circle scene that, that I've got to watch. How did that feel? It had to be amazing. Oh, it was, it was crazy. When, I don't know, there was probably three more rounds to go, and uh, I was, man, maybe four rounds to go, and I was fueling up and getting ready to go, and these two people came down through on a four-wheeler, and they said to me, he says, I don't know if you know it or not, he says, but boy, there's a hell of a crowd up on the hill cheering for you. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, really? They said, oh, yeah. So then after after it was over, and I went up, I went down and turned the corner to go up on the hill, and I seen all them people up there, and it's like, oh wow! <laughs> and when I went, then when I went up there, that guy goes, "I told you so." <laughs> they definitely were cheering for you and chanting your name, and as you know, I watched the rounds play out through people's Facebook videos, and your wind light would come on. That the the crowd. The, the craziness in the crowd every time your wind light come on was just so much fun to watch. And then, obviously, you go on and, and complete the the mission and, and get the $20,000 payday. And then the, when they surround you in the winter's circle, it, it was just unbelievable. Your your hand had to be tired from shaking people's hands, and your your face had to be tired from smiling, Chet. It was amazing. Oh, it was crazy. I. When I got out of the car, I, I couldn't walk around the car. There were so many people right there and up close, and they're going like, "Come on out, fr- come in front." I can't, I can't get in front. <laughs> well, it was it was really fun to watch, and you know, obviously, what you had done the month prior and on a big stage, and then coming out and do that, people know now. Chet Dragon can get it done. This guy doesn't just have the coolest name in racing. Uh, and this old school equipment, he he can get it done. And then you, uh, if I remember correctly, you had a, a big runner up and maybe a 10k at uh, at Numidia. Is was that right? Yep, yep. Ended up with a runner up there in the 10k. So another uh, big final round in, in just, August. Uh, yeah, another big final round. Just showing again that that you can do it. Obviously, a lot of talent up in that part of the country, and uh, those guys race really well. And you go to another big final. Uh, between Galat, the 20K in Ohio, and that 10K runner-up in Numidia, I mean, Chet, I don't know what you did the rest of the season, but that that had to be just the ultimate feeling of confidence to, to compete on those stages that well. Oh, it was – it really gave, it gave me the confidence. Uh, we we runnered up on the 10K, I think it was a Friday. Saturday was the 20K. I think we got down – I think it was six cars in that one. The week after the Ohio race, went to a $7,500 to win race. They got down to four cars in that one, and that was one we were both team, both dead on. I lost by a thou. I lost a lot of races this year by one thou. Oh, those are uh, brutal. And they were good races. They weren't, you know, 
We were, did you, we had bad lights or anything. We were both really good. Did you win a few by a thou too, Chet? There was a lot of them by three thousand. <laughs> you look at them. I think all these races today, they're like two, three thousand. Like wow. Yeah, they're tough, really tough and tight. So you, you got to be on top of your game, and obviously you were. You know, you're you're in a car that you just discussed it earlier, talked about earlier that that you built yourself, and you built that in '86, I believe you said. '86, I brought it out. So that's quite some time ago. You know, it's what 33 years. On that build, you you took 15 years off and kept the car sitting for those 15 years. Was there any point where you said, you know, I, I probably should just get rid of it? Yeah, basically it was all apart, setting pieces here and there. I figured I'd, I thought I would never, it would never run again. Uh, the engine I pulled out, it sat in an engine stand for 15 years. And then all of a sudden I put it all back together and it, it wow. worked out. Very cool, and and I think through my research, uh, if I've been told correctly, I think that I was told you're a small block Chevrolet on a two barrel. Two barrel, yep. Yeah, so just steady and slow, and and let them try to get inside whatever you put down. I like your style, Chet. It's a pretty much a like about a Z a six seventy Z twenty eight motor is about what it is. Camshaft's about the same. It's got stock small valve heads on it. It's nothing fancy. Matter of fact, last year I never took the valve covers off. This year I took the valve covers off the beginning of the year and checked the valves and put a set of spark plugs and changed the oil and went to Galat. It'll last forever, Chet. You know, and that was another thing behind what I have. It's not a lot of money in it, and now is now is a good time to be a bracket racer. Uh, there's some decent money to be won out there. If, you know, of course you got to be good, and not everybody's going to win it. And I don't know if I'll ever win another one, but we'll try. <laughs> I bet you will. <laughs> so you, you're in your home-built car with your simple combination, and again, I'm certainly not downgrading it. I, I'm just uh, calling it what it is, and I think you would agree with that. But uh, it's obviously great equipment, and and you got a lot of talent. Be honest here, Chet. It's it's okay. I know we're recording this and people are going to hear it. They're not going to think any less of you. They're actually going to love this. But when you beat one of those eighty to $100,000 cars with one of those household names, don't you just chuckle just a little? Don't you just kind of, you know, give them a little smirk? You know, really, I don't, I don't really think about that. It's just like another win, and it's like I don't – they're not – I'm not intimidated by – the equipment and the cars, sometimes I feel like, you know, they're looking down to me. Like, uh, what is, and I've had that happen quite a few times at, at local tracks. I've had people come up to me and, and, uh, and the media, and in fact, one time the, the tech inspector said to me the one time, he said that at one of the money races they had there, he says, you went by and he, this guy says to me, what the hell is he doing here? He hasn't got a chance in hell to win this race. <laughs> Come out the next round. <laughs> <laughs> so that's got it. I mean, just a little bit of shut up juice. You got to feel good when you pour it, Chet. Yeah, the you know the ones that uh, that are kind of ignorant and snotty towards you, then it feels good. But other than that. <laughs> So you've talked about it already, so I know the answer to this, but you're in a center steer buggy, 
and by rule that forces you to race with the long cars you're you're considered in the dragster category you cool with racing the dragsters would you prefer to race door cars or it doesn't sound like to me and i'm not trying to answer for you but it doesn't sound like you really care yet no right now i've been doing it for so long i'd rather stay where i'm at running the running the dragsters i'm just so used to it matter of fact in in out in ohio on the the last few rounds there i was running some door cars and geez, I'm running this door car, and I'm so used to leaving and looking in the mirror. I'm looking in the mirror, and I don't see this car. Jeez, where is he? And the next thing I know, ooh, he's alongside of me. Because <laughs> we he was just a little bit faster than me. Well, he was right there. I'm used to looking Wait. in the mirror and way back there. Wait a minute, Chet. I just heard you say you're looking in the mirror, but you're in a buggy. You got mirrors on that roaster? Oh, yeah. Best thing I ever did was put mirrors on that. Oh. I thought I couldn't love you more, Chet, but uh, I just did. Uh, I'm a mirror guy. I think every car should have a mirror. But having mirrors on your buggy might just make it even that much cooler. I, I love it. I had those mirrors about three years and didn't want to put them on. Got the guy, I'm not going to look right. I'm not going to be able to see out of them. I don't know. Then finally one day I decided to put them on. It's like, man, why didn't I do this earlier? <laughs> Great stuff. So for anybody who just thinks you're out there making laps and you can't tell where they are and see what's going on, you're watching them the whole time. You've got your eye on them from the start, Chet. Well, there's been a few times when I've run out and uh, they were broke on the starting line. So that was one of the big reasons to put the mirrors on. Good idea. Real good idea. So, you know, hopefully that don't happen anymore. It hasn't since they've been there, but there's the been more than one time when I've done that. <laughs> We've all been there, my friend. So, if it is, you know, running them fast cars, I can't find them till I'm almost at the end anyway. Yeah. So tough. And if they're late, or if they're way back there, I'm looking trying to find them, and before you know it, you're across the finish line. So with mirrors, yep. it works. They work really well. It helps a bunch, doesn't it? Oh yeah. So put them on the Jagster too. When you know, if, when I bring it back out, when I bring it out. We're gonna talk about that shortly. But how old are you, Chet? Sixty-four. Sixty-four, and you still hop up on the tire and jump in that buggy? Yep. I don't feel any different now than I was thirty-five when I was thirty-five. Yeah. Maybe there's something to that. Maybe hopping up on that tire and getting in that buggy keeps you young, Chet. Actually, it's easier getting in and out of that than the dragster. Okay, so if my information is correct, and I'm sure it is because it was a very good source, I hear that you own a couple of dragsters, but you leave them parked and only race your roadster. What's keeping you from getting the dragsters on the track? Uh, well, this year, the roadster was working so good, I just decided to stick with it. And what also helped that roadster out was the eighth mile. It's a really good eighth-mile car. Quarter mile, eh, it kind of runs out of steam, about the 1,000 foot. But the eighth-mile, car is deadly. And I, they talk, you know, everybody keeps saying, why do you want to bring the dragster out? Then you're going to just be like all the rest of us guys. <laughs> you you definitely won't be that, I assure you. So, well, as I say, you'll just be one of the guys, I guess. They, they, it was put that way. You'll just be one of the guys then, you know. It's... it's <laughs> But here, you're, it's different. Nah. I told the wife the other day, I said, 
I think maybe I'm going to quit driving that roadster. Yeah, right, she says. <laughs> Is it for sale? Northeast Pennsylvania is a long way from Birmingham, Alabama, but I'll head up there and get it now, Chip. You can't do that. I said, well, you know, I had a good year. Maybe I should just quit on top with it, put it away. As a matter of fact, I said maybe I should just quit because it was my best, one of my best years I've ever had. Yeah, right, she says. <laughs> she knows better. So Yeah, I know, she, and she, she misses it, too. You know, she, she'd like to go uh, to a lot more of those other races, but someday. Well, you know, I know you had a 15-year layoff, but you've been involved in racing since the 70s. What, what's kept you in racing this long, Chet? Well, why have you continued to, to do this? Oh, I guess it's, uh, you know, I've been around a lot of people that, that are doing it, and uh, it's something that I was good at, and I've won a lot of races over the, the years. But back then, the you know the competition wasn't as as good as it is today. I mean, it, with the combinations you could buy today, and all the practice trees you could practice with today, and and uh, it's you know it's everybody's good in the delay boxes. Oh yeah, and I hear actually you're you're quite the you're quite the thinker. You 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 think about things and how to make them better or how to just make them um you're you're somewhat of a fabricator what what are some of the things that that you've done differently or that you like to do when it comes to to thinking outside the box oh, aside I from mirrors on your buggy that's a little different yeah yeah i mean it's kind of a copy of a car that did really well back in the in the 80s but I made some changes in the suspension on it that really brought the 60-foot times around, really made it a lot better and more consistent. You know, a lot of these cars, they have a lot of power. You know, they, they're just they're set up different. My car just, you know, doesn't make any power. But So I had to make a couple different changes to it. Uh, yeah. But I pretty much, I'll fabricate just about anything and everything. Uh, I don't know. Those cold northeast Pennsylvania nights, you would just go out and shop and start working on something. Yeah, yep. It's nice to be able to do it like that car. I Basically, back then, I was young, didn't have a lot of money, didn't have a lot of tools. Heck, most of that car was built with a hacksaw and, and a ball peen, or a, a rubber uh, mallet to bend the <laughs> aluminum. Back then, there wasn't a that many really good uh, tubing notchers and just things have changed so much over the years. And, uh, yes, they have. Yeah. There's a lot of value in being able to do those things for yourself, though. You still that guy? You still go out and and take care of those things for yourself? or? Oh, yeah. I try well, to do good. as much. You know, that car was done. I did basically everything. Fabricated uh, the car itself. Did all the fiberglass work, painted it. Needed to build a grill shelf for the front to fit the radiator. I made that out of fiberglass. Fabricated the hood scoop that everybody laughs at. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be a little bit extra special when you when you win on the stage you you've won on this year in the car that you're. 
so close to you know, that you've worked on and built every inch of it. It's uh, that's got to add a little special feeling to it, Chip. Oh, it does, and uh, it just feels like when I get in that car, it's like part of me because I've been have it so long, and it's just so nice now that when I got things worked out to know what what it's going to run. And I mean, it's the only thing that bothers me a little bit is the wind, but. Uh, you know, it affects me more than uh, some of the higher horsepower cars, but I'm gotten a pretty good handle on it. Uh, it's been a challenge, but there's ways to work around it, I guess. Now wow. that race, I went back out to that race out in Ohio in uh, September, and uh, boy, the last day I finally got things going pretty good there, and then it got rained out. I was kind of open but talk about how close races are out there i went out there and the last day i was 006 oh 003 006 009 and 008 and ran dead on we double break out and then two dead ons but the last one 12 pack and i lost the car ran at a six pack so tight Yeah, racing's tough. You're one of the guys yeah, making it tough out there, Chet. Yeah, it's it's not getting easy. <laughs> How much longer will you race, Chet? You just talked about maybe you should stop and go out on top, but realistically, uh, how long do you see yourself continuing to do it? As long as I feel I could win. I like That's, it. You know, as long as I feel I could win. That's right. Right now... And one of the things, like in the beginning, when I came back out, what brought me back out, and I and I started watching some of these races and, and uh, seeing what what kind of lights everybody was running and packages they were running, and and I took my records out from when I was down at Moroso and Bradington and back in the '90s, and it's like, you know, I ran that, I ran those numbers back then, so that kind of gave me confidence there that I could do it again. And uh, hey, back in the '90s, back then when things weren't tough, I could I had I had one round down in Florida, first round, no buybacks back then. First round had a three pack and loaded it up. No, oh, you didn't come by those very often back then, so that one had that one had to hurt a little. Yeah, I could remember Peter was down there, and I said to Peter, "Look at this." He's going. Well, what do you? Want? Oh, he says I wouldn't complain about that. Man, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> What's your plans for 2020? I'm basically going to try and run more of the race. I want to go try and you know go to Galat. Uh, I'd like to go to Bristol this year. I kind of probably should have tried more last year to go to that one. That was one I was... I kind of picked a bunch of different races, and I didn't want to go and spend everything just going to all the races that I had won, so... But it's been a good year. I really, you know, I, I want to travel to more of the money races, try and pick them out, see when the dates are. I like the Ohio race. It's a nice race. A lot of people out there like the cars. I guess I'll have to bring the, take that car there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you will. You don't want to disappoint the crowd. But, uh, so much of the same, just picking out some good races to go to and – We'll definitely see you on some big stages again next year. I'll be there. How far I get, well, we'll see. I mean, a lot of good guys out there. 
Yes, sir. There he is. And uh, Chad, it was it was a pleasure watching you race. It was a pleasure seeing how you captured everybody's attention and admiration and just the way you really went out and competed on such a such a high level. It was fun to watch and I definitely appreciate you coming in here tonight and, and sharing your story with us and talking to us about your incredible 2019 season. The season has been really great. Never, I can never forget it. I guess it's there's no words to describe it. An old car with an old, and an old man driving it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I've got a lot of words to describe my 2019 season, none of which I can say on a family-oriented podcast, but... If you can't describe how wonderful your season was, it was definitely an amazing year for you. Really proud of you. Great to see it. And definitely appreciate you taking a little bit of time to come in here and and share that uh, 2019 season and your story with us tonight. But, Chad, I I don't know how much podcasting you listen to, but we're not completely done here. So we like to finish these interviews with something we call rapid fire and i'm just going to run a few questions at you that are kind of off the path just to get your answer so we get to know you just a little bit better before we wrap up you okay with that yeah give it a whirl all right question number one would you rather have peanut butter and jelly or meat and potatoes yeah meat and potatoes okay i took you for a meat and potatoes kind of guy Chet, what's your favorite animal? Horse. Horses. You got any yeah. up there in northeast Pennsylvania? When I was a kid, I had ponies and horses, and then it kind of graduated to cars, and yeah, I missed those days with the horses. I'm sure you'll get back to that whenever the, the feeling hits you. But outside of drag racing, Chet, what do you consider your next favorite hobby? Boy, I really don't have one there. <laughs> Well, that's good. So, is racing or? Racing is pretty much it now, anyway. Years ago, I used to hunt. I kind of don't do that much anymore. Well, I don't know how much vacationing you do, but do you have a dream vacation spot that you've been to or you desire to go to? Not really. I'm happy just like going at home. To, I'm happy just going to uh, the money races and staying there for a week. Okay, you know, nothing wrong with that. Me, that's how it was this year. It's like, just get away and gone. Then come back home to reality. <laughs> <laughs> well, last question. I think you've talked about this a little bit throughout the podcast, so I think I might know where you're headed, but is there a bucket list race that you have not attended? Uh, probably maybe the the million. Okay. Excellent. But we've been talking. I've been talking about that. Matter of fact, I have a friend from uh, up in New York uh, that was telling me. He used to tell me all the time. He says, "Man, if I says if I had the money, I'd send you down there to the million dollar race with your car." He says, "Nobody knowing you, that uh, they'll think you were a piece of cake." That you know. He goes, uh, "Cat's out of the bag now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you ain't sneaking up on anybody, Chet. <laughs> I assure you. Uh, I hope you make that bucket list race and definitely look forward to seeing you on a couple of those stages that, that I'll be at 
where you're uh, out there competing with a buggy or the dragster or whatever you bring and uh just can't wait to see how your 2020 season unfolds but until then man have a great holiday season uh nice hopefully it's a nice easy winter up there for for you guys in northeast pennsylvania and look forward to seeing you sometime next year chet thank you so much for coming in here tonight and talking with us hey thanks for having me and uh i'm glad you glad you wanted me to come on there to to do this uh yeah we've been wanting this for a while chet we just got to it so we appreciate you giving us some time Waiting all winter long, hearing them go on and on, just so you can prove them all wrong. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to make sure that you're the first to know when next week's episode is available. Subscribe, and you can do that on Google Play. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that wherever you are accessing our show today. Just subscribe. That way that you know that you have got the latest edition of the podcast. You'll be the first to know. And do us a favor. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get your track involved by broadcasting portions of the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast over the PA on race day. Let's take just a minute to discuss motorsports insurance, specifically Larice motorsports insurance. If you're anything like me, you know of someone, uh, whether it's a friend, someone within your racing family that has lost everything, whether that be through everything racing related, whether that be via fire or theft, highway accident, on-track accident. And if you're anything like me, you've also realized that you have a significant portion of your net worth tied up in your racing equipment. Maybe more than we would like to admit, right? This is, after all, our passion, and it can become a bit of a money pit. What you may not know is that there are options to insure your racing equipment, race cars, trailers, support equipment, both on the track and off, and that doing so is not as costly as you might expect. To do that, for me personally, I chose... Larice Motorsports Insurance. They're a great company offering an excellent product and they stand behind it. Now, I've been so impressed with Larice and their commitment to excellence in this regard that we've partnered with them through thisisbracketracing.com. Our own team member, Ashley Thompson, is a licensed broker for Larice Motorsports Insurance. If this is something that you would entertain, that you would like to know more about and or get a quote for your particular op- application, contact us. Go to thisisbracketracing.com slash get a quote and Ashley will get back in touch with you. Again, that is thisisbracketracing.com slash get a quote. Reasons to use BTE tune-up services. Number one, quick turnaround time. You won't be out of commission for half the season while you're waiting on your parts. Number two, unparalleled customer service and responsive communication. Reason number three, all brands of parts are accepted. It's not like they just work on BTE parts. Number four, BTE offers freight shipping discounts. They are located in the shipping capital of the United States near Memphis, Tennessee. And number five, reason to use BTE tune-up services, quality work from knowledgeable technicians helps your system achieve peak performance. Banging on the door, bump, bump, bump until I get it in. Attitude like I am already winning it. Foot breaking in anything. Bottom bobbing for a 10. I'm rolling in the cutty switch and be like Jerry Pennington. I was in my truck.
Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is at each event, there are a hundred plus entries. There's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.